Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of the John Morris Show. This one, I'm going to answer the question, will PHP die in 2018? So this is a question that came up on Core again that I wanted to go through. I know some people legitimately have this question. I want to address that, but I also want to address, kind of go a little bit deeper with it and and talk about some some fundamental thinking when it comes to all of this stuff. So in the episode, I'm going to talk about, I think, the common thing people mention when it comes to this, which is the usage statistics, but I'm going to point out some things that I, I don't necessarily see people talking about when it comes to that to show you, I think, definitively why this it's just not going to happen. And then also, we're going to talk about something that I don't think people talk as much about, which is more the business fundamental side of it and the position that PHP has in the market when it comes to those business fundamentals and why it sort of means that PHP is locked in a certain position for the time being. And then, like I said, I want to I want to finish up and talk about this in sort of a, I think the big mistake people make when they even ask this question. And so I want to kind of go through that and hopefully give you a way of approaching all of this, just coding in general, I, I could even say even life in general, that that gets you to focus on the right things at the right time and, and not get so worried about these sorts of questions and allows you to to really focus and 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 work hard on the things that matter right now so that's what i'm going to go through in this episode of course before i do that i do want to encourage you to head on over to store.johnmorrisonline.com find the coding training over there that you need to help grow your career get started in it make that transition from whatever you're doing now into a, a tech field if that's what you're after or to help grow your career by learning new skills and new training and so forth I have a bunch of different courses over there, all my PHP courses, my object-oriented programming course, my login script, etc. Also, my Upwork course, courses on getting traffic to your website if you're if you're into that sort of thing. So, again, all that over at store.johnmorrisonline.com, and you can use the coupon code JMO at checkout for 20% off anything in the store. Also, Udemy links, Skillshare links, all that over there. All right, so with that out of the way, let's go ahead and, and dive into this. So the first thing, thing is let me just give you the sort of the TLDR, which is no, PHP is not going to die in 2018. Now, with that said, let me get into why. So the first thing that we can look at is usage statistics. And I've sort of talked about this before, but uh, just to give you the the kind of rundown of of this, if you look at PHP right now, it currently sits at 83.1% market share. And what that means is it's 83.1% of, uh, it's the server-side language for 83.1% of websites whose server-side language we know. So that's a pretty big uh, market share. That's clearly ahead of anything else that's out there. But if you go into the actual historical trends, PHP is actually up. So it's it's not like it's at 83.1%, but that's down. It's actually up from a year ago. So it was at 82.4% just a year ago. And so the trend shows that that it's it's going up. And if you look at the year over year since 2010, PHP was at 72.5% in 2010 and now is at 83.1%. So it again, it's actually up not only over the past year but over the last 10 years despite all of the talk that that you might hear about how 
know, this, this language has come in and annihilated PHP, or there's this new framework or this, that, the other. Historically, the data shows us that PHP is actually up year over year, and it's up over the, the last eight years. And if you look at the, just to look at some of these numbers, it's 72.5 in 2010, 75.3 in 2011, 77.3. The next year, 78.7, 81. Point. So it's been slowly, steadily rising. The only year that there was a dip or was uh, between 2015 and 2016. It went from 82% down to 81.7%, but then back up in 2017 to 82.4. So again, that's some pretty hard ev evidence that not only is it does it have strong market share but that market share is actually growing if you look at some of the other languages that people might mention or talk about you'll see asp.net is at was at 24.4 in 2010 it's now at 14.1 in 2018 so it's lost 13 percent or 10 percent roughly uh, market share if you look at java it was at four percent in 2010 it's now at 2.4 percent uh ruby was at 0.5 it's still at 0.5 it's kind of fluttered up and down between 0.6 and 0.4 but it's now basically the same it was eight years ago javascript is really the only other one that's up which makes sense because for a time there there was no server-side javascript sort of programming language so it's at went from less than 0.1% in 2012 to now 0.4% so it's grown but it's still a very very small fraction of the market even Python, which people seem to say is this massive, this language is just growing massively. In terms of usage statistics, it was 0 0.3 in 2010. It's now 0 0.2 in 2018. So it's actually down a little bit. So again, just looking across the board at all of these numbers, the data shows us that PHP is growing and basically everything else except for JavaScript is either staying the same or actually going down. ASP.net and ASP.NET in particular has lost a ton of market share over the last eight years. Now, on top of that, if we look at, you know, one of the things that's sort of a monster in the PHP space is WordPress, right? It's, it's, you can't really talk about PHP anymore without talking about WordPress and having to cover it. So if we look at WordPress and its market share, Again, it's up from 29.2 or all well, 27.3 in 2017 to 29.4 as of February 2018. So it's up just over 2.1% over the last year. That's a pretty big jump for for a year span. But if you look at it from 2011, it was at 13.1% and now is at 29.4%. So it's grown about six, over 16% in, in the last 7 years. The other thing that's interesting about looking at this, and there's really no, there's no other CMS out there that's really even close. I mean, Joomla's at next closest, and it's at 3.1%. But what's interesting is if you look at, they also track none, meaning sites that don't use any CMS. And if you look at 2011, that was at 76.4%. It's now down to 51%. So that's gone down 25% over the last seven years. And my estimation of it is that's probably just going to continue. More and more people are seeing the value of these kinds of applications and frameworks and so forth. And that, that's just going to be a trend that continues. So not only is PHP growing in market share, but the sort of 
800 pound gorilla of PHP development is itself growing and growing fairly rapidly as well. And more and more people are moving from not using any sort of application or CMS towards more likely to use those sorts of things. And WordPress is very likely going to be one of the things that they use when they do that because it's just so dominant in the space. So again, all the data we can look at when it comes to actual usage of this, I know there's other surveys and stuff out there. Personally, I don't put as much stock in surveying developers because that, that, that only tells me sort of what developers think. And while, you know, developers are great and I love developers and all that sort of thing, what developers think when it comes to all this doesn't necessarily really matter what they want to use or what they like to use or what they are using, etc. It doesn't matter so much as what are the people that are actually building the websites. And I, by building websites, I don't mean the developer building. I mean the person who, the, the client, the person that's running the individual website, what are they building and what are the actual usage statistics data that we can look at? To me, that seems to be a more clear sort of understanding of where we're at with all of this. So I, I would take the surveys with a grain of salt uh, when it comes to all that. So now the caveat to this is, you know, there are certain niches where other languages and so forth are more prominent. So if you're in the enterprise slash corporate space, or if you work, want to work for a startup and so forth, then you are, it's more likely that you're going to find things like Node and Angular and React and this, that, the other, that are going to be uh, more prevalent and more dominant in those spaces. And so then if that's the route you're going to go, then maybe that's the language that you want to learn for that particular situation. But as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, when you look at the usage uh, usage statistics for HTML, CSS, JavaScript, PHP, and MySQL, they are all so high, 80s and above, or I think the lowest is 79.4 or something like that. So 79% and above, they're all so high that any sort of website that you visit, when it loads, there's a really good chance that it's using that stack. So if you want to open yourself up to the largest amount of work, and I'm talking across the board, right, tech jobs and freelance work, clearly those languages are going to be more dominant when it comes to freelance work. And you might see a little bit more usage when it comes to the tech job side for some of these other languages. But across the board, you are going to have more opportunity if you learn that sort of core stack. And obviously, PHP is among that. So that's one indicator that there's no real data that we can base this idea that PHP is going to die in 2018. There's nothing, there's no data that that tells us that. Uh, the next thing then that I think most people don't really ever talk about that I think is probably the more important thing and is really the reason why PHP is dominant and is the thing you should pay attention to in terms of if you actually want to know if something is coming in terms of PHP die, uh, dying comes down to the business fundamentals. So I think a mistake that developers tend to make is they tend to think that What's going to be the dominant language is what is also the best language. And that's not actually necessarily true. And there's lots of examples of this. The one that immediately came to mind, it's not a direct correlation, but it's one I've heard several times. And it was uh, this, there was several years ago, probably several decades ago now, Coke was looking to roll out a new flavor of Coke. And they had developed this new flavor 
and they had gone around the country and they'd done a bunch of blind taste tests and they had done taste tests of new Coke versus old Coke. And I believe they did new Coke versus Pepsi and they wanted to, and when they did these blind taste tests to see which one people like better consistently across the board, the new Coke flavor that they had come up with dominated the test. It was people loved, liked it way more than the old Coke. They liked it way more than Pepsi. And so Coke thought that they had a real winner with this. And so they decided to switch the flavor of Coke and they sort of rolled out this whole campaign talking about new Coke and so forth. And when they did, like their their uh, sales just dra- dropped sharply because nobody wanted the new Coke. And it, it didn't make any sense to them because they had done the taste test and they started talking about how they'd done the taste tests and everybody liked the new Coke versus the, the old Coke and 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 all that and nobody cared they just wanted their old coke back and i know that's not a a a direct correlation but it sort of points to this idea that better is not always what matters people are people they other there's other things that they think about and other things that matter another example is you could look at say android versus ios i mean i think it's pretty obvious at this point that android is the far superior OS when it comes to mobile. I mean, anybody who disagrees, I don't know what to tell you. But does that mean people are suddenly going to start? Okay, I'm I'm kidding, but let's just say that it was. Would that mean that people that would stop just buying Apple phones? Of course not, because there's a lot more that goes into it than just the OS. There's the the app marketplace. There's the support. There's the way the phone looks. There's all you know the camera. All these sorts of things. So. There's other factors that come into play. Another one that I think is a lot more real direct correlation to what I'm going to talk about here is Microsoft versus Linux. There was a time, I, I don't know if it's so much now, but there was a time when an argument could be made that Linux was the superior operating system because it was more secure and and, and I'm talking about personal usage. It clearly is a better operating system in terms of a web server and that sort of thing. But home use and you factoring in convenience and someone who doesn't know computers all that well, etc. That's why I say maybe that argument couldn't be made now. But there was a time when you could have made that argument. But Microsoft dominated the market during that time. And the reason why is Microsoft had made the licensing deals with the manufacturers. So it was... Windows that was being installed on these computers by default and sold in the stores. So that's what people were getting. They won not because they were necessarily the better uh, operating system. They won because they had they were smarter business-wise. So I say all of that because when we look at PHP and we look at these languages and we look at market share and, and so forth, the thing that drives a lot of this actually comes down to the hosting companies. Because if you think about someone who's going to build a website or going to build their own website that they own, first thing they're going to buy is a domain, and then they're going to buy hosting. And when they buy that hosting, there's going to be things that come with it that are sort of pre-installed by default that that are going to work by default that they're going to get with that, sort of a default package. Well, PHP, MySQL, is pretty much across the board a part of that. Whereas some of these other things aren't necessarily going to be a part of that. And if you want to use it, you got to install this thing, or you got to get a different sort of account or so that that affects 
the the usage and and what is sort of the dominant language a lot more than what is the best language what developers think is the best language and if you look at hosting companies they are really first off i think it's obvious that when it comes to server-side languages php is dominant in that sense right it's installed it's supported like it's the thing they sort of cater around from in most cases and then hosting companies themselves are really slow to change. I first saw this when we went from PHP 4 <laughs> to PHP 5, and it was like years later before I could even get PHP 5 installed on my own uh, server through my hosting company. If you look at today, you know PHP 7 was released in December 2015. Or is it yet the default uh, PHP version? for most hosting companies. I don't know because I don't have most hosting companies, but I know my host, it's just been in the last few months that I even had the option to use PHP 7, and it's still not what they use by default, and it's over two years later. That's sort of how hosting companies work, and it makes sense because they have really large infrastructure that they have to support, so they're, they're not gonna be you know, just jumping at the the next, oh my God, this is the best language ever. They're not going to do that. They move slow. And so you couple those two things that PHP is sort of already entrenched now and hosting companies are loath to move and change. And if they do, it's going to be really slow. You can see it's going to be a long time before any sort of big change like that happens and PHP goes by the wayside. Now, the caveat to all that is we are talking about technology. So there's always the opportunity for something to come, you know, a bolt out of the blue to come and sort of just completely change the way that we think about everything, the way that everything works. I can give you two examples that I've personally gone through. One was some of you might not even remember this phrase. You might be like, well, what, what is that? But the whole Web 2.0 thing, that was basically when PHP became a thing and MySQL became a thing and this whole idea of database-driven websites. Before that, sites were just HTML and I guess you could say CSS, although it wasn't really CSS. It was inline styling at that point. But that's what websites were. They were just all text-based. And then PHP came along, MySQL came along, and they completely changed the market. And it was, it was a bolt out of the blue. It happened very, very quickly. So that's one example. I would say another one is responsive design because, you know, it, in the span of about a year or so, we went from, oh, here's this cool response, mobile responsive design thing to, oh my God, you're an idiot and a noob if you're not building mobile responsive websites. And so it, it just kind of completely changed the landscape. So that sort of thing can happen, but those things are sort of unpredictable. The very nature of something being out of the blue is, is it's really kind of unpredictable. So you can't really ever know. And so there's no point spending a bunch of time really worrying about it. So uh, again, all the data that we have, all the business fundamentals that we look at says that PHP is entrenched. It's going to be entrenched for the foreseeable future. And so you don't have to worry about it dying. I think it'll take two things for PHP to, not, it won't die, but to lose significant amounts of market share. One, something has to come out that is clearly better across the board. And I mean so far so that it's universally agreed upon by almost everybody that this is clearly better. I don't think you have anything right now that fits that. And if you look at the way 
developers argue and the way these sort of things work, the likelihood of something being that just that clearly better that it's universally agreed upon is fairly unlikely. So you'd have to have that, which is an unlikely scenario, coupled with, you have to have both of these things, I think, coupled with PHP being slow, really slow, or not responding at all to that threat. And a good example of this, I would say, is PHP 7. There was, and I think this is why you see a dip in PHP's market share. Uh, it was, what, 2014, 2015 to 2016. You see a small dip in their market share. I think the reason why you saw that is because you did have some things that came out that challenged PHP specifically performance-wise. And that's sort of a big deal. But what PHP, the developers, did is they responded and they dug in and went did a, a whole sort of uh, release that was based around performance improvements. And they accomplished that. And I don't know if you've installed PHP 7 on your servers yet and used it, but it's a dramatic difference. It's a noticeable difference, the speed of a site, PHP 5, any version to PHP 7. So they sort of accomplished what they were after. So again, it would take something coming out that's clearly better and the PHP, you know, sort of core developers not responding to that for PHP to, for a significant amount of time for PHP to really sort of start to lose significant market share. And I think the likelihood of that, those two things happening are, are very, very low. All right, so the final thing that I want to talk about is sort of this bigger lesson in all of this, because what I... What I'm, what I'm feeling as I go through this is I've sort of answered this question several times, and it's it sense it seems to come up every so often. And what I'm sort of seeing is that it it underneath of it is sort of a it it sort of is an indicator of a way of thinking about things that I think is a mistake. And so I want to hopefully give you something that can kind of put all of this to bed permanently so that it's not something that we have to keep sort of bringing up. I know new developers coming in will always sort of be a thing, but hopefully I can point them to this or you can point them to this and it will definitively answer this question. So the mistake is I think a lot of people, developers in particular, get wrapped up and it, it makes sense because technology is moving so so quickly that you sort of do have to pay attention to it, but they get wrapped up in where things are going and they forget about the here and now. And this isn't I don't this isn't like a hippie thing like focus on the now that sort of thing. It's more of a real world sort of business, career, life strategy. Right? If you go over to Upwork right now, there are 9,494 PHP projects on Upwork right now that are waiting for a developer. There's 11,851 WordPress jobs. There's 317 Joomla jobs. If you go on Indeed, there's 14,250 PHP jobs. There are 6,745 WordPress jobs. So I think you get my point that there's a lot of work out there right now that you can go and get and not get so focused on what's going to be happening five or ten years from now when there's all this opportunity in front of you right now to take advantage of. So you should keep an eye towards the future, especially in technology, because things are changing so rapidly. But it shouldn't be 90% of your thinking. That shouldn't be where your mind primarily is. 
It should maybe be like 5 or 10%. Worry about the here and now and the opportunities in front of you right now that you can take advantage of. And, and the things, more importantly than, all, than really worried about the future, is what do I need to do now to take advantage of? That part is hard enough. So that, that's going to need a, a, your full attention and not be caught up in what's going to be happening 5 or 10 years from now. So the thing to do is when it comes to the future and you know things changing, if there's a bolt out of the blue and this, just be ready. And, and more than that, trust yourself. Trust yourself to, to be able to adapt if something does shoot out of the blue and disrupt all of this. I think a lot of this comes down to insecurity. And I, I really want to tackle that because you're smart enough to to deal with it when it comes. Trust me, I'm not, <laughs> I've been able to adapt and get, get through it and, and so forth. And I'm not some genius. You are smart enough to be able to do this. I mean, if you're here listening to me, you're obviously a very smart person, right? But, <laughs> but seriously, you need to d- just trust yourself. Now you earn that trust by working hard and being focused, but it, you don't, you don't want to get caught up in getting so worried about the future because you're worried that you're not going to be able to adapt, that you lose sight of what you need to do now in the here and now to get to the point where you can adapt and be able to trust yourself and earn that trust. So you got to really be disciplined and and not let your security just completely eat away at you. And And when you are feeling insecure, the thing to do isn't to sit around and worry about the future, or try and predict what's going to happen in the future. The thing to do is to attack that insecurity head on by getting really good at what matters now, what you can do now to, to uh, get your skill level to the point where you feel comfortable, like you can adapt and so forth. So I really want to drive that point home because I think a lot of people unnecessarily worry about the future and it's derived from this sort of insecurity that they're worried that they're not going to be able to adapt. And I'm telling you, you're smart enough. You can do it. All you got to do is be focused on what matters now and and work really hard at that and, and you'll get there. Now, speaking of the here and now, of course, if you want to take advantage of all of these opportunities, these these uh, jobs on freelance jobs on Upwork, these jobs on Indeed, and so forth. You got to get to the point where you can get hired for those jobs. You got to get your skill level to that point where you are confident, you are comfortable. That's one of the reasons why I created all my PHP courses and why I teach them the way that I do. Because it's it's more than just teaching you how the how to code. It's about teaching you how to have faith and have trust in your own mind, in your own thinking, in your own intuition. That's why I don't give you all the answers in my course, but I try to give you the fundamental understanding of programming as a whole, of the language as a whole, that you can, you are able to answer the questions and you become more competent in answering those questions as you go along uh, through the course so that when you're out on your own, you're not relying on someone else's thinking. You trust yourself. You trust your intuition. You trust uh, your intelligence and you trust your understanding and mastery of it to be able to Go out and build the things that you want to build for people now to be able to adapt to things that come in the future 
and so forth. So I want to encourage you to check that out. Again, the course is johnmorrisonline.com slash PHP. That'll take you to the course on Udemy. It includes, you know, my PHP 101 course, which has sort of the basics for the beginner beginner. So what we start with in the first section, then we get into sort of the next level kind of magic stuff that that is where you start doing more advanced PHP things. Mod uh, Section three is all about MySQL and building real database driven applications. Then we get into object oriented programming, which is about building professional level applications. There's a forms project, there's a login script, and I even include my Upwork 101 course over there to show you how to build your profile on Upwork. So once you learn all these skills, you can actually go and start getting work over on Upwork as well. So check that out. It's johnmorrisonline.com slash PHP. All that's bundled into one course for, I think, a, a pretty reasonable price. So Check that out. Get the skills you need to be able to take advantage of all of this. All right, that'll do it for the show. If you liked the, the episode, I'd appreciate it if you'd share it with someone who has this question and maybe dealing with this right now has these insecurities and you think this would help them, I'd appreciate that. Also, if you want links to all the past episodes, all the links for subscribing on Android, iTunes, TuneIn, all that is at johnmorrisshow.com. And if you'll leave me an honest review of the show, A, I would greatly appreciate that. B, I will give you module one of my PHP 101 course for free. All the details on that are at johnmorrisshow.com. Just click on the start here link at the top. All right, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.